Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. The season two finale. My name is Alex Croson. I'm one of your hosts. I'm alongside my other host. His name? It's Casey. Clap. Hello, Casey. Alex Croson, good Clap. day. Good day to you, my friend. How I'm are you? S- I'm jazzed right now. Are you really? Yeah, I had a normal amount of coffee. Nice. Normal amount of sleep. Good. I'm just in it. I'm in the zone today. That's great. I'm ready. It's first day of Ultimate Frisbee. This is... <gasps> ooh, good for you. I also... Thanks. I want to talk about Ultimate Frisbee really fast, oh. but... Before that, I want to say that I also am feeling quite in the zone. Yes, you showed me so many fun things. I'm so excited about our next season, Alex. Yeah, we've been talking about season three a little bit, got some ideas. It's going to be great. For all of those uh, who are paying attention, this is the last episode of season dos. That's right. Our world tour is coming to an end. Are you excited mm. to go home, Casey? Are you I, homesick? I, you know, I am a little homesick. I yeah. really, do. there's a bunch of trees. It's, it's now springtime, of course. It is. I've been looking outside, been walking outside, been smelling trees, and I'm like, oh, I want to cover these trees right now. Yes. Well, so soon enough, my friend. Uh, it's going to be a good, good, uh, it's going to be a good season. This season was so much fun, though. I learned, I think in this season, more about different kinds of trees than I have like if in years, I think. Yes, I I, I got to give you a compliment. I admire you for jumping into this season. Well, which, thank you. Which was my idea, and I sprung it upon you and said, "I have an idea. We are doing it." <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you 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 do run this run a tight ship, <laughs> and you said, "Okay, I don't know anything about these trees, but I'm going to figure <laughs> it out." And you did, and I've just. I've just loved it. Well, Alex, that's sweet of you to say. I've tried hard. I have failed sometimes, in my opinion, and I think I could learn more. The good news is most of these trees have other species relative uh, to them. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're going to cover them again. Not again, but, you know, we're, we're going to type, get back into it. Yeah, there's plenty you know. to talk about. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Well, you're I hope, welcome. I hope everyone else thought the same. I'm sorry. I know that a lot of people probably have lived in these places, and they're like, you guys miss so much. I oh my know. God. So I, we also know we're going to ideally get back to it sometime. Um, but I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just it's nice to start somewhere and just be like, what is this tree? Where does it grow? What does it do? Yeah. For for brand new podcasters, mm. I would I would give us about a, a C plus. Hey, that's pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah. That's a passing grade, isn't it? Uh, yeah, sure. C's get degrees. There you go. And you know what? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Well, Casey, for our uh, season finale of our world tour, 
We have an extremely special tree to talk about. Yes, we do. I love these trees. I didn't even necessarily know they were trees. Oh, a lot of people didn't actually kind of it's kind of they're kind of a they're kind of a you know kind of a dark horse yeah they're an enigma in a in a lot of ways actually yes and also i would uh normally say we're going or we would normally say we are going over here to this place to you know do that right i got news for you there's no particular place on this planet that we could say we are now going to, we could choose literally any place between approximately 30 degrees north latitude and 30 degrees south latitude. Okay. And any coastline of almost any place there, we'll probably find these trees. Well, Casey, I know where we can go. Where? Water World. Wow! Yeah, let's do it. Except, you know, Water World, they I mean, there's, it's, there's, this tree grows on the margins of land. And isn't land famously scarce in Waterworld? It's true. I believe that the only people who can get it have gills. Well, Casey, of course, today we are talking about the mangrove tree. Yes, specifically uh-huh. the red mangrove. I'll tell you more about that later. Scientific name, please. It is Rhizoforma uh, mangle. I think it's just mangle is the way, best way to say that. Rhizoforma mangle. Yes, which is fun because they also call like a mangrove forest also a mangrove or a mangle. Okay. So it's kind of like, a, I don't know, that would be like, it's the mangrove species of mangroves. So it's like a herd of gazelle. A mangle of mangrove? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm just going to say yes, because I think that's the best way to describe this. Great. I'm going to start calling things a mangle. Like, oh my God, there's a mangle of geese over there. That's (laughs) shitting everywhere. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah, that's it. We're right. We're doing uh, the red mangrove, very specifically, rhizoforma, meaning it has rhizoforms. Actually, there's a thing right over here. I'm going to look at this just to make sure. Okay. Uh, nope. It was a completely different species that I was looking up that had that information. So do we need a new scientific name? No, I think we can stick with this one. Okay. Yeah. So Casey, let's imagine, as we do every episode, that All you right. and I have set sail off the coast of Australia. Mm, in canoes. After checking out the eucalyptus trees down there. Yeah. In our, uh, in our scavenged water world ship. Yes. It's made out of like a pontoon, but we also have like, you know, plastic bottles as a net or yeah. whatever. And like the sh- the, the sh- uh, shirts off our back are, yeah. the, are the sails. Yes. Yes. I'm extremely sunburned. Yeah. We're, but, you know, you're, you're looking good. Thanks. Um, in this in this fictional scenario. Yeah. 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 I look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we see land. We find a small child with a map written on their back. And we yep. follow it to land. It's upside down. Ah, we yep. follow it to land. Should have known. And on the, on the very coast there, we see a mangle of mangrove. That's right. Casey, what do we see? Let's talk about these trees. Oh, my God. Okay, so the first thing that you're going to see, which everyone has to note, is it will look like a bunch of trees growing on stilts. Okay. Literally, they have famously long prop roots are what they're called. The prop roots are more or less stilts that you see these trees growing uh, basically off of. Usually when they very first start, they have one tap root that goes straight down. Okay. That one tap root then grows into the ground and they send up these little buoyant 
uh, shoots full of leaves. Like this, basically, it's, it's a small little twig that just grows up with little leaves on it. Okay. And then they just kind of sit underneath the water, and then ideally, the tide goes down, then they're above water, and then the tide goes up. As those trees get bigger, those one little individual shoots, they end up sitting out adventitious roots to the left and to the right and all over the place. Then those roots send out adventitious roots for them, and those go down under the water into the mud and down into basically the sand and the mud that they can actually get nutrients and, and minerals from. Can we? I need a recap already. All right. I'm so sorry. So. No, no, no. Can I try it? Oh, God, and yeah. Can you tell me if I'm right? Yeah, of course. Okay, so a root grows out of the water? No, sorry. It grows down. The tap root. So, uh, the tap root, Yeah, right. I kind of skipped over a thing real fast, but I thought it wasn't, wasn't that important right now. Okay. Uh, it's a tap root, which is root that kind of grows straight down. From where? So from the seedling, I'll skip to it. They have these funny little seeds. It, this is kind of the interesting thing of how these trees grow. Sorry. They're called sea pencils initially. <gasps> and they're they're basically these little like, uh, maybe like four to six inch long little wooden roots. Okay. And they come from the seed of this plant. They drop into the water and either they drop straight down and embed themselves in the mud by like an inch or so. Okay. Or they slowly sink and then sink down into the mud. And then once they hit the mud or the sand underneath the, the sort of estuary area, then they keep growing downwards. So then the tree basically plants itself. Interesting. So it's a single taproot that is just existing. It falls into the mud. Once it hits the mud, starts to grow, and then the top portion is a little little bunch of little uh, leaves. Those grow upwards on a shoot. Okay. Then... It, after that, it starts sending out from the rest of the taproot and the upper shoot, it sends out new adventitious roots, which are basically roots that take advantage of some situation, adventitious roots. I right? see. At least that's how I remember the term. And they grow out from the side of a trunk, from a branch, from somewhere like that. They just like randomly pop up. They're not, from a, they're not growing in a normal place for a normal reason. It's like conditions change, and then adventitious roots take advantage of that. The tree says, oh, I have, an, I have a spot over here that would yeah. be good for a new root and then it grows it out like a banyan yeah exactly i was gonna say banyan does this cottonwoods do it a lot of other species Mm. of trees will do this in any given situation cool so the mangrove does this from this big main woody tap root that then sends off these new little shoots left and right those then angle down into the uh the sand and the mud underneath the water and then slowly you get like this spidery looking growing plant that has like um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was a a Spider Man like villain or something like this. Oh, they like walked, but just like sent out these like weird globs of something. Was it like, Doctor Octopus? Yeah, he has like mechanical eight mechanical arms. I feel like it, but imagine that each one of those mechanical arms, when it wants to move, it then sends out a new shoot and grows a new little arm off of one of those arms. Right. What a weird way to live. Yeah. Now it doesn't move. I should I should be clear with that. This tree does not walk around. Well, sure. But once it's stable and situated, it'll send out a bunch of those, so it has almost a skirt of roots coming down. Do you think in 3,000 years we will have trees that walk around, Casey? Mm, No, but maybe 3 million. Okay. Yeah, give it time. It'll happen. Cool. Guarantee it. And then they'll turn into like tree people? Yeah, and then, well, those are ants, I think, at that point. Yeah, they'll turn into ants. Yeah, so honestly, they should have started um, Lord of the Rings with... 
millions and millions of years in the future. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. We yes. were, we've devolved and then evolved again into several different kinds of humanoid things. This is a good philosophical yeah. question. Is Lord of the Rings fantasy or is it science fiction? Well, the best way, in my understanding, to go experience a forest like this is to get into one of these little rafts, a little canoe of some kind, a small boat, and you basically go between these trees and their tap roots, or I'm sorry, their prop roots. Yeah. And then, as they grow up, they grow like normal trees. They have normal stems that grow up. They have uh, leaves that come out. Their leaves are these uh, little, like, uh, they're actually very simple, normal leaves. They mm. don't really come off and be like, wow, those are kind of strange-looking leaves. They look a lot like fig leaves, actually. I'm going to look them up. I think you should. They're a little bit smaller, and they're kind of dark green on top, light green and below. They have normal veins that come out. Wow. And uh, every now and then, what did you see? Are they? Are they're they just kind of, the world's most generic leaf. They totally are. They're kind of cute, though, and they kind of come off in, in almost... Uh, they kind of spiral a little bit, so they kind of look like they're coming off from all sides of a shoot. So they kind of have a little pom pom kind of look to them, but yeah, a little bit. They're a little bit concentrated at the end of the at the yeah, end of the limb. Exactly, they kind of angle upwards at like a forty five degree angle. Yeah, okay, I'm on board with these leaves. Yeah, I think they're kind of adorable, and yeah. sometimes they'll actually have a bit of a tinge of of white on them. And mm. this is actually a thing with a lot of uh, other species of quote mangrove trees, which also I think technically could be called mangroves it's an interesting discussion we're gonna have okay and those uh basically they have that little white tinge because they excrete salt from their leaves because they're growing in salt water (gasps) casey exactly this is something that's so cool about these leaves they're the plants themselves multiple different trees that we all call mangroves Uh that we'll talk about in a little bit do this same kind of thing where they basically filter out salt from the water and then push it out their leaves as like these deposits on the leaves. And I was talking with uh, Hannah. She's been in Ecuador and has actually seen these for herself. And she licked one of these because the the guide was like, yeah, lick one of these leaves and they just taste like you're licking salt. That's incredible. Yeah. Isn't that mind-blowing? And now I want to research the mangrove salt industry. Oh, you totally should. And get myself some mangrove salt. Yeah, just have some little, little scrape it off the edge of a leaf kind of thing. Yeah. That'd be delicious. I bet that would be good on like fresh fruit. Uh, yeah, probably, especially like mango. Yeah. Mangrove with mango, mango with mangrove salt. Wow, mm. a, a literal mouthful. Yes, quite, quite in every way. <laughs> well, yeah. So they grow like that. They're famous for making these really tight grouping uh, mangroves, or what they're called. So it kind of is a. Well, it, when you talk about the entomology, I want to see if you can p- parse this out, um, because the not only are individual trees called a mangrove uh-huh. there's also kinds of trees where like generically lowercase m there are mangroves different kinds of trees that kind of grow in a similar way in a similar habitat oh and then the way that we would say oh there's a forest of pines you would say oh there's a mangrove over there wow is not that kind of a weird way to talk about it yeah what an interesting way to use language yeah to describe these things. And so a lot of people would get it kind of confused, I think, where you say, oh, well, there's a mangrove over there. They could be talking about an individual species of tree. Yeah. They could be talking about one of multiple individual species of trees, or they could be talking about that grove of things over there that are mangroves. Wow. Yeah. Which but they it, wouldn't say mangle? 
I know they would also potentially say okay. that. Yeah. So it depends because I also have heard that a mangle is also like um it could be like Spanish or it could be like a vernacular word. Yes. So some people might say, oh yeah, there's a mangle over there. Well, would now be a good time to get into the etymology of the tree? Well, sure, yeah, we could definitely stop there, but we haven't talked about the seeds. But I think what oh. we, I, I think we should probably put a pin in that till, uh, till we take a break because everyone's going to need to go take a break, get some water because it's going to be kind of intense. <laughs> so we're talking seeds after the break. I think we should. Okay, that's my opinion. I'm taking your lead on this. All right, I think it's. I think you're going to be happy. With it's this. hard for me to do, but I'm doing it. I know. I can see you're sweating right now. <laughs> my hand is flexed. I got to. It's moving relax over my body. To, to 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 like you know press like keep going, keep going. <laughs> okay, so Casey, etymology, etymology of mangrove. I have copy and pasted this from Wikipedia. We're going to read through it and figure out what it means because it's pretty complex. As most entomology, etymology should be. Yes. And there, entomology. It's, it's, it's traveled a long road to get to us in yeah. this podcast today. So the term <laughs> mangrove comes from English, comes to English from Spanish. Okay. Perhaps by way of Portuguese. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And is li- it likely originates from Guarani. Uh, Guarani is the indigenous language of uh, a group of people from Paraguay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. It was earlier mangro, M-A-N-G-R-O-W, from okay. from the Portuguese mangue, M-A-N-G-U-E, or ma- mangue? Mangue? Okay. Mangue. I feel like mangue feels right. Yeah, Portuguese is tricky. I know Spanish decently. Uh, yeah. Portuguese is like... Is is like Spanish, but just different enough to 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 mm. make my brain go, huh? Yeah, I gotcha. Um, or the Spanish mangle, mangle. Okay, so maybe yeah, mangle, mangle, mangle. Yep. Yeah, maybe that's my English way of saying exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but this word was corrupted via folk etymology, a a, a science that I am very much interested uh-huh. in as of today. Yes. <laughs> um. Influence of the word grove. Yeah. Okay. So we, I think we took a full circle here. I think we did, Alex. A hero's journey, if you will. I will. Uh, the word grove turned into uh, mangle somehow. I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't either. This is why I wanted to read through it with you yeah. because I felt like I was going crazy reading this. Um, it could possibly also come from Spanish directly from Taino. Uh, which are the extinct uh, language of uh, 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 of the Taino people of the Bahamas? Oh, um, I see. Or, or the Arak- uh, Arawaka people? Oh, gotcha, Arawakan. I feel like that's uh, yeah, they're from an island way out in the South Pacific, I believe. Is y- that yeah? Area? Well, there's there. They said on on Wikipedia, um, Bahamas and uh, some other place. Now I huh. forget. I didn't write it down. Well, that's just really curious to me because that doesn't seem like it follows a straight line at all. No, not at all. Which is a good lesson because I think a lot of words seem like they just start from one place and then have like a middle chapter and then end up where we have them now. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of words that we use in the English language come from a vast, varied history of different peoples uh, forming it into different things. Yeah. G- getting together with other peoples who have a different word for the same thing. They mash those words together. Yeah, the grove part of it. They take those off to another group of people who, who write it down wrong, mm-hmm. and then that's what we have. You know, like there's there's just a, a varied, uh, crazy history yeah. with most words, I feel. I think that's exactly right. And I think this is this must like fit that sort of arc extremely well. Yeah. Because especially 
at the end where there's folk etymology where it's kind of like a monkey puzzle where just some random right. person said it one random time. And it was like, yeah, I guess it's mangrove, mangle, mangle. Yeah. Where should we go now, Casey? Oh, well, Alex, I think we should, we should go, mm, we should go to the Bahamas now. Okay. I know that's not quite what you meant, but as I'm, again, just reading through my notes here, the the vastness of this uh, species mm-hmm. is, is, is not to be overlooked because it literally is, is uh, distributed around the world by the seas. So you can find the, ma- the red mangrove, not necessarily invasive, but a component of a coastal uh, ecosystem everywhere. All throughout every island in the Pacific, I've heard that in Hawaii, it's technically considered invasive Mm. because it makes like pure stands, I guess. I don't know if it was ever there before. So I I have my questions about that, but I'll leave it up to someone who knows the like ancient history of um, Hawaiian vegetation. But the... The thing that I think is fascinating is that it's kind of like a coconut palm where it falls in the water and it just sits there until it hits land. Wow. And it's it's like a message in a bottle. It could go literally anywhere, wherever the current takes it, wherever a hurricane throws it. It lands on some random island. It lands on some random spit of sand and it starts to grow. And this is what makes these things so cool. They create their own islands. Now that's great. That is what we're going to talk about, Alex after the break well casey thanks for setting it up you're welcome we'll be right back with more completely arbitrary vr training platforms like the one developed by fundamental vr and orbis international are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients as you practice each skill the muscle memory starts to develop learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact as you write your life story You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot Georgetown dot edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today, on our last episode of our world tour. <laughs> hey, but we're going literally around the entire world. Yeah. Many times over right now. That's right. Because I think we should go to every single place that this grows natively. Well, today we're talking mangrove, the red mangrove more specifically, Casey. Yes, that is very true. I'm glad you brought that up because it's important. And you are just bustling over there. Yes, I am. You're very excited for today's episode because, and I am I am as well. I read the show notes. Yep. I came prepared. And I have to say, I did, they were kind of, they weren't lacking. They just weren't extraordinary. But I... Well, go ahead. I just have like 30 uh, like articles opened up. I guess they're really Wikipedia pages because, again, we all know I love Wikipedia. We all know that you love Wikipedia, the etymology. Yeah. It's obviously, in my opinion, one of the best places to start your research. Yeah. But I wasn't researching these other plants. I just wanted to know what they were. So then I ended up actually researching them because I wanted to know the differences. But Wikipedia was a very great, uh, succinct way to pull all those things together because I'm not getting too intense about it. Okay. 
But um, as I was going through here, I was like, I could type all this up right now, or I could just like make three bullet points, and that's all I did. That's fantastic. Well, Casey, let's talk red man. Is it mangrove or mangrove? Uh, I think you can choose either one. I like mangrove. I best. like mangrove as yeah. well. Let's but, talk red mangrove. All right. So we skipped a part. We skipped over seeds. Seeds. And the reason we skipped over seeds is because this tree does something that I had, I believe I've heard of it, but it was so quickly glossed over in whatever I was reading because almost none of the trees that I'm familiar with, very few of the plants I'm familiar with, take on this little, this little, you know, I'm trying to think of a good word. This little, this little fun, this fun little little thing that they technique. Do. I that's a good. I, let's go technique strategy. But I was trying to think of a funner word. Sure, and I couldn't think of one. This little um, strategery. Yeah, let's do that. This strategery that this uh, this this tree uses. So, have you ever heard of uh, vivipori? Absolutely not. I can't even believe you would ask. Well, of course I would ask. All right, vivipari. It is v i v i p a r y. Viviparry. Yeah, viviparry or vivipary. Vivipary. Let's yeah. go vivipary. Oh, yes, vivipary. That's like that's almost like the Greek. Yeah, I, you, you're the one who knows always how to put the right um, emphasis on the right parts of the syllables and things. I like it. Yeah, I'm just doing my best over here. You're doing great. So vivipary uh-huh. is a specific thing for plants where what they do is they have their embryonic seed cells. So basically, um, you have a seed. You have an acorn, right? Okay. That acorn is a fruit with a seed inside. That's the little meat. If you break an acorn in half, that little meaty part, right? that is the seed, technically. Okay. So that seed would then fall on the ground, be completely detached from the parent, mm-hmm. and then it would grow. Right. In a viviparous plant- Oh, I see where this is going. It stays on. The seed itself does not detach. Rather, I'm sorry, the fruit itself does not detach from the parent plant. It stays in there, stays on there. And then the seed germinates and then starts to grow. Okay. And then, remember I said that C pencil that I was telling you about, that Uh four to six inch thing? Yeah. The C pencil is the propagule of the mangrove. It's not a seed. It's not a fruit. It's a full-fledged, grown, and ready-to-keep-growing plant. Wow. Entirely. This plant makes plants. Exactly. And the fruit never actually falls off. Or maybe if it does fall off, it's just like basically an empty husk. What's the fruit? The fruit is this kind of, it's like a, a, I think it's like a two inch long kind of oblong shape. I don't even know if it's technically a droop or what it is. It's just kind of this brown capsule. Okay. That brown capsule will then, the from the bottom, it'll start growing out this little taproot. So it, the seed inside germinates, sends out this long taproot, oh, which wow. is this woody pencil-like thing. And then on the very top, a couple little embryonic leaves start to pop open, and then you have this little cap of leaves. It looks kind of like a, a weird brown skinny stick-like carrot. Okay. And these little, is just this little tiny like embryonic leaves that are on the very top. Then that long pencil just kind of goes and just slips right out from the fruit, lands in the water, and then either sends or goes all the way down, let's say it happens at low tide for whatever reason, then it because of how it's weighted, that woody kind of harder, heavier taproot at the bottom goes straight into the ground. Pause. Yes. Does the woody pencil detach from the seed? 
as it does this? No, it's, it, it is just growing downward like a banyan root, like yeah, an aerial root. No, that's why this is so fascinating, Alex. Okay, if the seed germinates, imagine that acorn that we talked about. Yeah, it fully germinates, sends a root or starts to send roots down, uh-huh. and then without ever actually um, leaving the plant, the the parent plant. This little seed no longer exists. It has become a second plant. Okay. And that second plant drops itself, and that little taproot is just a normal root coming from a normal plant that happens to be growing from inside of the fruit. Man, that's some wacky shit. Yeah. So the seed, so it, it gets fertilized because it's a sexual uh, plant. I think it's a hermaphrodite. So it has the same, or the male and female plant flowers on the same plant. Okay. And it will germinate. It'll basically create, fertilize itself, create a seed. That seed almost immediately starts to germinate once the uh, seed gets to just a little bit of maturity, or I'm sorry, once the fruit gets to a little bit of maturity. Then the seed germinates inside of the fruit, then starts putting down that root. So it'd be kind of like the banyan tree doing that, except the banyan tree, that fruit is deposited elsewhere, then it germinates, and then it starts sending down that root. Right. In a different location with different soil conditions. This There is no soil. There is just the conditions inside the seed, or the fruit itself. I'm going to make an analogy. Please do. Uh, this is like in a zombie movie. Okay. When there's like... The mother zombie. Oh. And it's like this big hulking zombie, you know, this 10 foot tall, big bulbous hunchbacked zombie. Yeah. And it has like zombies growing out of it. Oh, yes. It has like faces in its skin, you know? Mm. This is like, mangroves just got so hardcore. Yeah. They're making mangroves on mangroves these days. That's exactly what it is. That's incredible. It's disgusting. That's insane. Yeah. And so then at the end of this, if it's at that low tide, like I said, this is the sea pencil is a plant. You can take that sea pencil. It is a full-fledged plant. Not, it's not a seed. It's not a fruit. Not to get too meta. Yeah. But- what a great choice for the season finale of our show, Casey. This is one of the most insane things I've ever heard of. As a podcast producer, I'm extremely happy right now. Well, good. I'm happy too. <laughs> well, so it does that. It'll actually plant itself in the mud, Alex, because that stick will just go, it's heavy enough, it'll just go flukunk, yeah. right down. Crazy. It's mind-blowing. So I'm happy you're happy because this is a tree that is, it grows its own babies on of it, yeah, and then its babies plant themselves. Yeah. It's like a tree, I mean, if you can say that a tree has got it figured out, this tree must have it figured out. Yeah. Like, I'm just stunned by that. And this is a thing that a lot of these different, quote, mangroves actually do, not quite to the same exact extent where they would just have their fruit kind of germinate in the water once it falls. Right. But they don't technically, or they are not still technically on the tree. And this is the the black mangrove and the white mangrove are the two big ones that I found. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about those. So they're also called mangroves, but this is the thing. So we have Rhizophora mangle, which is the red mangrove. It is in the family Rhizophoraceae, and it's in the order Malpific, Mal, Malpific, Malpifiales, I believe is how you say it. Okay. So this is, um, it's, this is an order. So now we're going from the species, genus, family, order. Oh, right? that's way up there. It's way up there. It's pretty far away. So then you have another, quote, mangrove tree, Avicennia germinans. Okay. This is um, in the genus Avicennia, the family 
acanthaceae in the order Laminales, under which is it's like close to asteroids. Um, which is another thing. Don't worry about that. So laminales, that's the same thing that has like um, mint and basil and Ooh, things like that. Okay. Many people call this the black mangrove, Avicennia germinans. Then there's another one, Conocarpus erectus, commonly called the buttonwood or the button mangrove. Okay. This is in the Conocarpus genus. Combrataceae is the family, and it's in the order Myrtales. Then there's another one. It keeps going. <laughs> Lagun. This is this one's hard. Laguncularia racemosa. It's a fun one, right? Well, I see the word laguna. Yeah, right. Lagoon, lagoon, lagoon. It's not. There's not even laguna. It's laguncularia. Right. I'm just talking about etymologically. Oh yes, yeah. Because yeah, it might have something to do with it. I don't know. Laguna is a, a type of water feature. Oh right? yeah, probably or the, land feature by the water. I bet you you're right. But I wonder what. You, cularia means laguncularia. Laguncularia. Ooh, that's a good I way to do it. Yeah, <sighs> you're lag- totally right. Laguncularia. Laguncularia racemosa. Yeah, and this is the only thing. It's also more closely related to the um, uh, the buttonwood because they're in the same family, Compertaceae, in the order Myrtales. So these are the only two that are closely related. However, the other ones are so far away that they would be on the order of saying like the the beech tree is somewhat closely related to the aster, you know? What's an aster? Can you give me something in terms of like uh, animals? Oh, God. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't do it's it. It's like <laughs> badgers being related to bears. Um yes, or or maybe like badgers being related to muskrats or I don't even okay. know how closely they are related. They seem like pretty closely related. Yeah, or maybe bats and badgers. There you go. Yeah. So they're they're really far away, right. but they're all still like plants. You know, they're all, you know, eudicots and some are in the clade rosid, so like one's kind of closely related to the rose family things. Yeah. Others are more closely related to the aster family things, but we're talking about uh, you know an order of up it's kind of complicated and if i had a tree in front of me and i could like show you really clearly i i could right suffice it to say they're all called mangroves they all do the similar thing where they will either um grow a leaf and put a bunch of salts into that leaf and then just basically abort that leaf and just let it die because it's so full of salt wow like a sacrificial leaf so they're they're filtering the water that they drink through their leaves uh yes or and getting all the salt they're filtering the salt from the water through the leaves yes so the, the, the leaves are like little kidneys yeah kind of and they're yeah. filtering the water and then when they're full of salt they're just like okay let's get rid of this they pee out the leaves yes the, and, the red mangrove and they keep does on this. rocking that's incredible yeah. and then other mangroves all these other things so all of these like there's you can say like is the is the red mangrove the mangrove or is the white or the black mangrove the mangrove right. you know so this is why it's it's even more confu- confusing when you talk about mangroves as like a forest type or like those are mangroves they are several different species of mangroves it would be like you saying oh those are all pines they are one is a pine but the other would be a fir the other would be a yew the right. other would be a giant sequoia they're all completely unrelated, except that they're all kind of conifers, you know. Right. So it's a, even even that the conifers that like their level, they're all more closely related, all the conifers, than half of these plants. 
That's insane. Yeah, at least I'm pretty sure. Again, 70% facts for this show because I, I haven't like drawn out. And That was one research I was like, Casey, don't go down this rabbit hole. I love that disclaimer. Yeah, so that I just was so fascinated because I'm like, well, I, I mean, this is the red mangrove. It is just as easily called the mangrove as the black or the white or the buttonwood mangrove. Yeah. Even though I have stood by saying there is a pine tree and there are false pines. There are false cedars and true cedars. These are all true and false mangroves at the same goddamn time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's weird about this, you have a list of mangroves here. Yeah. What we, what we call mangroves in our, in the common. Correct. And their, their, their scientific names there is no overlap. There's none. Like, and when it does overlap, it's so far up to where you're like, yeah, right. they're both plants. Yeah. You know? The, what they have most in common is that they are not animals. Yes. They they make flowers and they have fruit. That's insane, man. But then, yeah, their fruit is all just subtly different and their flowers are quite different. They, one grows like further upland than the other they all kind of you could tell how far down towards the water so the red mangrove is like i probably i would say that's the quintessential mangrove because they have these big prop roots that are famous if you see them they grow way out into the water Mm. again if there's even like just a spit of land they will send out if their little uh, pencil finds its way into that little spit of land that pencil will grow create more prop roots and then drop more pencils, more pencils get jammed into the soil, it creates this little copse in the middle of what you would think is just, you know, a sandbar or just nothing. It looks like ocean, but it's just shallow enough. Then they create an island because then you get coral, then you get crabs, then you get other things, you get fish. It's some of the most single important habitat, not only for people, but also for other things. I should reverse that. Not only for the rest of the world, but also for people. because it basically holds banks in place where if you get rid of all the mangroves, then the ocean is just going to wash everything away. They will hold and slow down the same way that a swamp will help with, um, or swamp and wetlands help mitigate flooding. Mangrove swamps and mangrove forests all help mitigate the power of the ocean where it comes in, it hits the steep or all these prop roots, slows down, mellows, drops sediment, and then it creates, these nice habitats for a bunch of different things like there's crabs there's fish there's predators and it is in these estuary lands so it grows in places where you have mixtures of habitat from land things going into the water and back out to things that live in the water go up into these somewhat drier habitats during the daytime but then when the water goes back out they go back out that reminds me very much of the black willow at the yeah. at the border of the wetlands. It's exactly it's similar to that except they would create the wetlands first. That's one of the big differences. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. But you're but that's you're keeping right. it, keeping the soil in place. Yes, yeah, uh, exactly. From when those floods come through. Yeah. And I I'm just it's it's such a quintessentially important tree and we've realized we're like destroying the the forest because where do we put most of our fine houses on the beaches right. where do we build our gigantic you know cities and other things like I think Miami Florida probably had mangrove swamps the keys certainly do because these are like it's where they grow in these tropical subtropical places anywhere in the world ostensibly I think the Wikipedia page has like a um, it just shows mangroves. And so it says mangrove forest, lowercase m, and it literally is the Bahamas, all of Mexico down through Ecuador, South America through the southern side of Brazil, everywhere in the central 
eastern side of, I'm sorry, central western side of Africa, between Madagascar and Africa, almost everything between Australia and India. Just a prolific tree. Prolific, but this could be not only just the uh, mangrove, the red mangrove, this could also be the other kinds of mangroves that all grow. Casey, I'm... 100% ready to get into our rating. I shouldn't I shouldn't go on any further because it's I don't know what else I could say. I'm just these these trees are the best trees. I'm just so I'm taken by them. Well, each of us is going to give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. Our last episode where honor is spelled H O N O U R. Uh, at least for the time being until we have to take another world tour. Yeah, world tour a part do Yeah. Oh, cuz we're going to do the whole thing in French. <laughs> Casey is a resident expert. We'll begin with you. I think it's a goddamn delight. I love these little pencils. I heard a story that you could take these little pencils and you can just give them out to kids and they'll be like, and they'll throw them into the water. And when they throw them into the water, they're actually reforesting someplace. Right. What a it's just what a lovely story to tell kids. Throw oh, this yeah. pencil in the ocean. It's gonna grow into a tree. Yeah. I'm gonna give this, I'm gonna give the red mangrove tree, it's gonna be a nine point nine. 9.9. It's. I know it seems high. I know I want everyone to understand there are some trees that I hate. We're going to cover them. But God, look at this thing. Like It's a forest not only above ground and below ground, but also in between ground where there's water <laughs> and then above the water and below the water. And then when the water's high and then when the water's low, I, 9.9. This is one of the most incredible trees. 9.9? 9. 9.9. 9.9. <laughs> Whoops. Golden cones of honor. I cannot wait to get on a canoe and uh-huh. just cruise through these and like hopefully see like gigantic predator fish. Like I would love to me. do that as well. Oh, man. Mm. Well, great rating for the mangrove from dendrologist Casey Clapp. There you go, uh, Casey. I have nothing but I have nothing but agreements in All your right. statements. Uh, su- surprisingly, very cool, fantastic trees. I want to lick one too. Okay. Oh, the the salt off the leaves. <laughs> yes. <sir. laughs> You're like Casey. Maybe you held that to yourself next time. Okay? <laughs> um, yeah, I I think they're great. I uh, they're you know they're relatively beautiful, but metaphorically they are mm, gorgeous yeah it's true i love what they bring to nature i love what they give back to nature i love that they themselves are nature they are their mm-hmm. own habitat that's incredible i would love to talk about that specifically more sometime yeah uh casey i'm right with you 9.9 no Cones way yeah. oh god i bet you the mangrove's so upset they were just they were hoping to get that perfect 10 well, I don't know. I, I give it an honorary 10. All right. But I give it a technical 9.9. Mm, I see. I think that's reasonable. And Casey, as is tradition. Oh, God. When each of us rates a tree over nine. <laughs> I'm so happy that you rated this over nine. Oh, the melodica. Alex, for those of you who don't know, accomplished musician, stellar songwriter, record producer, podcast producer and fundamentally capable multi-instrumentalist. I don't know if I would tell people that I am an accomplished musician moments before I do this. To the mangrove, we salute you. Fuck, what was it? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh.
I love it. Congratulations, Mangrove. Well done. A 9.9 average. 9.9.9 average. That's it. Wow. Incredibly God. well done. I feel like I, so, I felt so inspired to put my hand over my heart. I saw that. I, I A single tear ran down my cheek. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Right into the ocean. Got sucked up by a mangrove. <laughs> and I licked off the salt. Yeah, exactly. And purified of its salts. Casey, it's time for our last game of the season, my friend. Uh, Alex, you know, uh, as it usually happens, you never tell me what we're doing. And uh-huh. sometimes I can get it out of you right before the game. This time you still haven't told me. Not this it's time. It's Family Tree, though, right? That's right, Casey. We're playing Family Tree. Yes. It's a common condition in this day and age for Casey and Alex to anthropomorphize a tree. Is it Zeus of Olympus or Saruman? Some people say it's even Admiral Thrawn. Deep cut. You know there must be some kind of rules inside this stupid game. But all we can see is the possibility of a segment for completely arbitrary. Maybe Jean-Luc Picard is an elm of some kind. And the kid from Up is a Ponderosa Pond. There's room for yous and mahoganies. There's room for the hosts to disagree. It's a podcast game called The Family Tree. Here's how it works, Casey. <laughs> Alex, that was so good. We can't just gloss over that and talk about how that works. I'd prefer if we did. You just crushed that. You wrote all those own lyrics. You probably at least wrote some of the music. The music? No. Yeah, maybe before your time. <laughs> In another <laughs> life, I was the, the theme song composer for Family Matters. Just, yeah, all the commercials you did before you got that big gig. That's right. Well done, Alex. That was, that was perfect. I'm just, I'm over here laughing. I tried not to laugh into the microphone because I didn't want to ruin anything. I didn't want to ruin your, your vibe. I appreciate it. That was beautiful. Well, thank you, Casey. Anyway, how's this game work, Alex? Casey, here's how it works. I'm going to introduce a group of characters from some canon or other. All right. It could be the cast of a sitcom. It could mm-hmm. be the cast of a movie, a mm-hmm. famous group of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done gods of mythology, etc., etc. Yep. Et okay. Today, Casey, you and I... Oh, well, there's a second part to that. We will then assign each <laughs> character from that group... A tree that fits their personality. Some kind of some kind of of, of, of coherent idea as to why, right? Yes, that's All right. right. Just want to make sure. I have very few coherent ideas. <laughs> well, we're going to come up with some today. And the group that we are discussing today. Okay. The hosts of Completely Arbitrary, Casey what? Clapp get, and Alex Croson. Get out of here, Alex. You sprung that on me like a spring chicken. Okay. That was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. So do we get to choose for each other or for uh, ourselves or uh, both? Sure. I think it should be a group discussion. Oh, okay. And come right. to a decision together. Ooh, okay. 
Um, uh, oh, so let's hard. let's start with me and then we'll end with you. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Do you have any ideas for you right off the bat? I mean, Absol- you might have been thinking about this. Not even a little bit. Oh um, God. I think I identify with a sugar pine. Yeah. But I don't right. really know why. Well, you're taller than me, and I, I, you're full of sugar. That's true. I'm a sweet man. Yeah, you got. I mean, I the sugar pine has huge cones. Yes. Yeah, I would have to say I don't see as like I don't know. I imagine cones hanging off of because they hang off like the tips of the twigs. Uh-huh. So I imagine you holding something. I don't know. That the, oh, I gotta I gotta think about this. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, like because you don't really you know like some people like oh every time I see them they're holding a bag or something uh, maybe. Well, what are some hallmarks of my personality? That's yeah, start, and yeah, my exactly. physicality. I'm yeah. a tall man. You're a tall man. You have I'm uh, a wide man. I'm just generally I I have lar- a large skeleton you're a proportionally large person yeah that's true you actually you hugged me the other day and you you also were like man i keep forgetting how small you are yeah <laughs> to which i said i'm actually normal size alex for <laughs> other people they think i'm tall i'm far far bigger than you <laughs> yeah. my hand my arms wrapped around you twice yeah like i, t- yeah. I could touch my fingers <laughs> that's horrifying <laughs> all right so you are uh let's see so you're you're a you're a big personality uh-huh. you're a good listener you're hmm. fun I enjoy your uh, your music a lot, so you're very creative. Okay, and you have a good sense of reading a room, or at least uh, walking in, kind of. Uh, um I don't know, finding your place without being, you know, a gigantic, huge, like, wow, I'm here, you know, like you'll, oh. you, just, you walk into a place and you find, you find exactly a good spot. And, you know, I, this is a compliment. I don't want to be like you're a, a wallflower or anything. No, that's good. I'm going to turn the air conditioning off because I'm worried that it's getting picked up on the microphone. Oh gosh, but it's so pleasant in here. So I guess, okay, so the first thing I'm thinking is you can't be, you, I mean, and this is just strictly because, uh, you know, you, you got to be a good-sized tree, a tree yeah. that has a stature, you know? Right. Um, but I also think that it should be a tree that is very giving, has a lovely place in its community, does mm. not ever find itself abrasive, so it can't be like a, a honey locust or something like that. Okay. And a tree that makes good music. Hey, how about, how about an oak? All right, just a general oak. I was thinking, I think I always think this, but a sick of spruce. Oh, really? Yeah, because they, they use spruce. It's very light wood. It makes a perfect introduction, but then it's very pokey, so maybe it doesn't count. Mm. Yeah, you're not quite so pokey like that. I would yeah. say I'm a broadleaf over a conifer. Okay, yeah, broadleaf. That's true. You do come out more in the summertime in terms of moving outside. <laughs> That's true. Like, hey, Alex, you want to ride your bike? And you're like, Casey, it's cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's 55 degrees. What am I, crazy? What, what am I, a snowmobile? No. Let's see. All right, so I think a broadleaf. I really feel maple with you, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling a maple. Uh, but maybe uh, hmm. a sugar maple. I was thinking of sugar maple, but then again, yeah, I, I you get bit by mosquitoes a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't mm. have a great track record with <laughs> with bugs. mosquitoes. They're, I'd want to see that record. <laughs> Alex zero bugs one million. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Well, what about okay? Um, I was thinking. I was thinking a silver maple. Okay. The reason I think that silver maples are big trees, like they they are they're gloriously large. They have um, you can not always, rather rarely, will you find them in complete stands. Like you can find sugar maple forests out there, but right. 
they don't uh, silver maple they're really feathery so like their leaves are really deeply cut and they let in a lot of light and they have leaves that on the top are dark green and the bottom are very very light green Ooh. so they kind of shimmer a lot hey yeah I so, like that yeah it's kind of like you know when things shimmer uh, it, the wind is moving through so you can kind of hear their leaves move around obviously the uh, quaking aspen is a, a quintessential example did you choose that because of my proclivity for jazz hands <laughs> I did I was like man if there's one thing Alex does with his hands is make jazz hands with them. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I guess these are spirit fingers, what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I think those yeah. are spirit fingers. All right, no, these Whoa. are spirit fingers. <laughs> I'm blinded. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I'll put them in my pockets. Well, all right, silver maple, that right, works yeah. for me. Also, it's a, it's, a, it's a capacious tree, so if you, let it, if you give it room to grow, mm. it'll, take, it'll just take up all the space and do everything so beautifully. I like the sound of that. I will say every now and then it drops limbs, so. Uh, sure, yeah. my weight fluctuates. No, I just, no, just don't like, you know, accidentally get your arm chopped off. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because they don't always do it. If they're grown correctly, they do fine, but I have been told that that's a thing that happens. Interesting. Well, Casey, let's choose one for you. I'm a, sh- I'm a silver maple. Okay. I don't, I've never done this for myself. Well, we're going to do it now, my friend. God, what am I? So I, I don't think I could be quite so massive. I like a conifer. I'm a, I feel like a good conifer. Okay. So I like doing things in the winter, but not as much as I like doing things in the summer, which I think is is a reasonable thing to describe a an evergreen tree. Yeah, Those, I also you know. I want to say I think I think you should be a tree, whatever this is, uh, a tree that grows off the side of like a cliff face or something, or like oh. like hangs out really far and like people like climb on it and like do tricks. So then maybe like there's a couple deaths a year. Oh of gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, off of off of me, yeah. growing, but it's not my fault. No, of course not. I don't know of a tree. The madrone does that sometimes. Mm. Um, let's see. Ooh, this I feel so self conscious right now, trying to think of a tree for myself. Well. I just Googled Madrone. Yeah. This looks like a Casey Clap tree. Yeah, it's got a lot of layers. It releases, it sheds its bark every year. Yeah. It grows, it grows like on very rocky slopes. And it never grows straight up also. It always is kind of going out to its own direction towards the sun. You are quite phototropic. Uh, yeah, I do. I kind of, have you seen her and I'm leaning towards the window constantly. You are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a Michael Jackson lean. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Um. Yeah. All right. I I could go with the madrone. Try, okay. Trying to think what else. Okay. I got. Uh. You know. It's evergreen. It has beautiful flowers. Mm-hmm. It's a fan of bees, and it's uh. It's got red bark. Uh, red, it actually exfoliates its reddish orange bark, but it actually technically has green bark underneath. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like an avocado green. Yeah. Exactly. And the leaves also, I think, look like avocados. This the- is just my own. I just pictured that okay i like their leaves too, yeah. or their uh their berries as well yeah they got those little like red kind of looking strawberry things mm-hmm. a very closely related tree is called the strawberry tree and it actually grows um all over uh it has those they look even more like strawberries and it always comes out during i think winter time interesting fall i think is when they come out uh cool all right i'll take them a drone all that right. makes me feel good i'm a drone and a silver maple oh man i'm really curious what other people think now just because 
like, I don't know, this feels like it's a thing that I've thought about now, just now. Yeah, if you if you know what you think Casey and I are tree-wise, uh, shout out at us on our Instagram. Extra points if you uh, if you draw if you draw us yeah, as like, that tree. Like that Grover Cleveland cartoon? I was going to just say, exactly, <laughs> with, with honor and strength in our root systems. Yes. What would be your two root systems labels, <laughs> oh, Casey? Oh, my God. Um, I feel like one would be unexhaustible enthusiasm. Wow. Wow. And the other would be um, quite exhausted sometimes. Okay. Now, that doesn't sound like a good route. I think my other route would be... Hey, that's an honest route. Passion. Okay. Yeah, now, good. I guess that's kind of enthusiasm. I think both. You mm. can you can make a case that they're different things. All right. That sounds good. Okay. What would yours be? Um, anxiety and focaccia. <laughs> and focaccia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to dig that root. Oh, cool, focaccia root. <laughs> Fresh focaccia off. under this God, tree. Oh, it's always so buttery. It's covered in dirt. Yeah, though. but if you get the wrong root, then you're then you're just manically like panicked all the time. Yeah, see what you do is you dig up the anxiety root and then the focaccia root so you have something to stress eat. <laughs> yes, all right, that makes that makes sense, which makes you a self-sustaining plant. So, That's right. you're, you're good. That's that is my my uh <laughs> feedback loop. Oh man, that's great. And you just make it all from photosynthesis. That's right. Beautiful, Alex. Well, Casey, that was <laughs> Family tree. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm glad we introduced the song on that. Me too. That was fun. <laughs> uh, it's time for a question, Casey. All right, all Our right. Completely arbitrary Q and A. This week we hear from Juniper Tree. Hello, Juniper Tree. Hello, conveniently named Juniper Tree. Dear Casey and Alex, Fresh Forest. Wow, that's hard to say. Fresh Forest and Nature Management student here. I'm being taught that the cambium layer is a, quote, layer that we can't really observe. Okay. If it's where the phloem and xylem come together, then how, if those both have different functions at the border where they touch, can't we see chemical interaction? Mm. Or what's happening there? Why is it its own thing? And how how does cambium work? I see. All right. So this is kind of a strange, it's a strange question in that the, um, that layer is just like a bunch of cells. It's a bunch of cells that are all ostensibly stem cells. Are they all mixed up together? Not, they're not really mixed up together. They're self-organizing in, in a way that as they grow, so this layer is, is all, uh, are you familiar with stem cells in that regard? Uh, no, not really. Well, basically they're undifferentiated cells. So it, you could turn it into anything. So okay. you, yeah, that's why they're so intense with like science for like humans and people. It's like a proto cell. Exactly. Yeah. And so as soon as you just activate a certain DNA or something or turn on, I don't understand it hundred percent, but as soon as it gets some stimulus, that cell then will be like, all right, I'm now a, this kind of cell. I'm at this kind of cell. And I'm going to make more of these kinds of cells. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So everyone wants to get involved because like, well, we can get these from a lot of different things. We can grow stem cells and then just turn on the heart cell and then a like actual real human heart will build itself. Sure. You know, things like that. I know they're trying to use that technology to make like um, basically uh pork and stuff that is like not alive yes exactly like so, it's just the meat part of the pig yeah without like a nervous system <laughs> or a, you know a brain yeah, honestly that freaks me out a little bit it freaks me out but it also excites me I think. <laughs> just because you want to you want to eat that like soylent meat i think i would yeah yeah anyway. i think it would be interesting but i don't uh for trees it's it's basically the same thing but 
it, we, it would be saying, okay, I'm going to become a xylem cell, which inevitably becomes wood. Mm. And then I'm going to become this cell. I'm going to become uh, this cell, this cell. And then you just end up being whatever. Okay. So this happens um, in the shoot elongation section a little bit, where you just have new cells are growing out, and then all of a sudden one pops over and becomes a bud. And there's just different stimulus and different hormones that come in. The way that those grow, honestly, it's, it's extremely varied, and I don't even know all the answers to it because mm. it's... It's so complicated, it changes by trees. However, I do know that the cambium layer on the tree, which of course, if you're not familiar, the cambium layer is the layer between the wood and the bark. So that's the, right. the bark has its own uh, cork cambium, which just produces the bark, and that's kind of on the very outside. And then on the inside, there is this cambium layer made up of xylem and phloem. These are the two main kind of cell types or um, layers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I just use air quotes because what Juniper Tree is asking is, why can't we see the difference? You know, if you have a pancake, then you have a layer of syrup, then you have another pancake, you could see the differences between the two, or you could, you know. Interesting. You could see those layers come together. Yeah. I guess I've never looked between pancakes. A so layer cake might be a better example. Yes, that would be perfect. With frosting cake and frosting and cake. Exactly. So each one of those layers is distinct. You can see the difference between between them. Mm -hmm. However, with these stem cells that are the cambium, they are a super physiologically active group of cells. And one, when they start growing, they basically start growing out from the middle because the, each side just kind of differentiates as it goes away from the center. Okay. However, when it does that, as you get closer and closer, they become more and more undifferentiated till you get to the middle and you just have this purgatory of cells. Interesting. There's just nothing there. Okay. So you can't really tell a difference and say this is where it starts and this is where it ends because it's just nothing. It's zero. And then as you move out, it becomes more negative one, two, three or more positive huh. one, two, three kind of thing. Like many things, it's a uh, spectrum. Exactly. It is absolutely a spectrum. And as those cells start to grow and differentiate, depending on, you know, like I said, what, uh, what, DNA turns on, if the DNA turns on to become, or if it moves out in a certain direction, it becomes phloem. Mm -hmm. I don't know if um, the, in fact, I remember specifically reading a book by Alex Shigo, specifically talking about this. I think it's a new tree biology hmm. is the name of it. And a lot of research has been done since his work way in the 60s, 70s, I think, maybe 80s, a long time ago, time enough that we've done quite a bit more research into it. But he basically says, this is that layer. If it moves this way, it becomes phloem. If it moves this way, it becomes xylem. Okay. So it's not that it's already predetermined to do that. It just so happens as you get a bunch of things growing, those old layers then start to build themselves against the, or the new layers start to build themselves against the old layers and do what those old layers were doing. So a, pur uh, uh, a purgatory cambium cell might just bump against another one to the left and suddenly it becomes xylem. Potentially, or yeah. Phloem, rather. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not 100% sure um, in that regard. Maybe that there's, you know, as you start getting pushed over towards one direction, like mm. you're saying, the, if I come over and bump shoulders with you, I become more like you. Right. If I do it more like this thing over here, I become more like that thing over there. So I'm not 100% sure, and that was that's a good question to, uh, that'd be a good question to get to, because all I know is that science right now has said these are undifferentiated cells, they mm. move out, they become this, they move in, they become that. That's very interesting. Yeah, so that's what I, that's what I got, and so that's why you can't see it, you know, it's because yeah. it, as you get closer to the middle, it becomes nebulous. Well, thank you, Juniper, for your question. If you have a question for Casey about trees, email us at 
arbitrarypod at gmail.com and throw in that subject line to re-question. Makes it a little easier for us to find these days. Follow us on Instagram at arbitrarypod or support the podcast on our Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. Become a part of the Arboretum or the Cone of the Month Club and get a unique cone sticker every dang month illustrated by an independent artist. That's right. And printed locally here in Portland, Oregon, USA. That's exactly right. We try to go as local as possible for almost everything we can possibly do. Yes. Nobody's perfect, but we try. We we tried a different route. It worked out terribly. Yeah. You <laughs> know what? Yeah, if that's not a lesson, Alex, I don't know what it is. I know. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, Casey... Alex. This brings us to the end of our world tour. I can't believe that. 12 trees. We went across the, the world That's at right. least twice. I think we tried to do at least each continent twice. Yes. Relatively. It's we, hard to define continents. I, I think we about got there. And Casey, the, 13 weeks ago, this was just mm-hmm. a twinkle in our eye. That's all it was. We just we didn't even know where we were going to go. No. We just got one of those, got on a boat that said, ticket anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> One way. Yeah. And Alex, before we go, yes. we should uh, make sure that everyone knows this is coming back. Yes, we will be having a season three of Completely Arbitrary in just two short weeks. You guys, we're really excited because this next season, uh-huh. Summer That's 21 right. Collection. And next week, instead of a normal episode of Completely Arbitrary, in your podcast app, you will be receiving for free... An unlocked episode from our Patreon. Oh my god. It's called What is a Tree? That's one of my favorites, I have to say. I do. I like it a lot, too. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this season of Completely Arbitrary. We will see you next season. See you next season. Bye-bye. I love summertime. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our production consultant is Olivia Frankie. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by the Mini Vandals. Thanks for listening.